I'm, I'm well aware of what's happened in the past, and that's what drives me on. I use that sort of stuff to push me, push me, push myself harder. Um, I know better than all these people. I know better than all these guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Out of Character with me, Ryan Satin. This week, we are here with a man who I think is probably considered one of the, the top talents in WWE right now. He's a full veteran of the company, and I can't wait to pick his brain about a bunch of topics. Ladies and gentlemen, four-time world champion, five-time tag team champion, former King of the Ring, winner of the 2012 Royal Rumble match, and current United States champion, please welcome to Out of Character, the Celtic warrior, Sheamus. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Cheers, Ryan. That's some intro, pal. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's funny getting to hear uh, the list of stuff I've done in WWE uh, over the years. It's funny to say that, um, you know, I'm one of the top talents in WWE. If you said that back in my days, if, uh, at the tail end of me being a baby face of the company, a lot of people would have got uh, would have disagreed with you with that. But um, that's the thing about what we do, man. It's like uh, it's peaks and valleys, fella. You know what I mean? One, meet, uh, one, one moment you can be the hottest thing ever, and, and another moment, you know, you can... You can be in the opposite end, the opposite end of that, you know. That's what's and that's what's great about uh, what we do, you know. We're we're constantly pushing ourselves, um, and we can't look back and rest on what we've done in the past. Each each every one of us have to keep pushing forward and getting better and better. That's what the WWE universe expects. Yeah, I mean, the reason I say top talent too is because you know I think there's only a handful of people, in my opinion, who who WWE could just reliably put in as a world champion and nobody would be like, that guy's not world champion material yet. And I think that you have undoubtedly proven yourself from day one that like you are world champion material. So in my opinion, like, yeah, I see you as one of the top guys in the company. Cheers, fella. You know, I appreciate that. Uh, I, you know, it's just, it's weird. But it's like, you know, 12 years, I think it's been now. June 30th was 12 years since my debut. And it just, there's, there's times it doesn't feel that long and there's other times it, it does, it feels longer. But I think, you know, what's kept me going is the fact that um, my mentality is, and always has been, is that I, I go out there each and every week as if I've actually won nothing. And that's what keeps me hungry and keeps me motivated. If, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people in the past kind of like sit in those accomplishments. But for me, I think that that's sort of, that's kind of like, that sort of stuff can drag you down. I've always been the type of mentality where I love going out there feeling like I've never achieved anything. And, that, and that's why every time I go out there, I'm, I'm, I'm more hungry than I was the week before. Well, I have so many questions about that because, uh, because I was doing research into you and I really, I was fascinated by your journey. But before I get into my questions on that, I wanna ask you something that I start every show off and I already got a little bit past it, but how much of your real true self yeah. would you say there is in your character on TV? I think right now a lot more, a lot more than it has been in the past. I think, uh, you know, I, when I came into WWE, I wanted to bring this Celtic warrior character in there, like a badass kind of like uh, throwback to, you know, hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago in, in Celtic Ireland. Um, and uh, I wanted to bring that kind of vibe in, you know, the, with the hair, the the look, the no tan, you know. That was when I first came in there, you know, I was kind of the first, the first to be superstar, male or female, that never tanned. That was just like, it was a crazy concept, you know what I mean? Like, it was just something that, you know, no one had seen before. So when I came in there right away, um, it made me stand out from everybody else. 
Uh, but, you know, there's a lot. I was so stressed out back then, you know, like promos and stuff that I was doing. Like, you know, I'd get stuff handed to me and, you know, I'd, I'd make sure I'd try and be in there like word for word. And it, it just it, it wasn't natural to me. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. The aggressive side of my character that's in the ring has always been me. You know, I've always loved to bring that, that vibe, that kind of hard hitting brawler style vibe. I love hitting. I love getting hit. And that's, you know, a major aspect of my game. But. I feel like over the last year and a half, like with the shamey type of character, um, you know, the jack of the hat, the, the, the sort of street, street clothes vibe, Irish street clothes vibe, that definitely is a lot more me. I grew up in inner city Dublin. I grew up in Cabra. Um, I'd be around uh, a lot of people um, like that, you know, in that vibe. And, you know, it just took me a long time to kind of just, you know, kind of just, just relax a lot more, mate, you know what I mean? And just, you know, not be so tense, not to be so, like, you know, stressed out and just, just be myself. And right now I feel like character is more me than, than anything else that, that I've done. I feel like I'm really in my own skin now. And the promos are flowing and the character's flowing. And, like, just I don't even know what's going to come out of my mouth next, you know what I mean? It's just kind of <laughs> it's just gonna pop out there, you know? Even the promos, like, I just do my own stuff. I, you know, I get I get a vibe of what I, what's what the message is or what the story is, and they just let me in. You know what I mean? I just, I just run with it. There's not much they can do anyway, especially when it's live. So, <laughs> but uh, but I'm, ha- I'm 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 having so much fun, mate. I really am. And even being back in Dublin for the last week and a half, it's just like it's just as I say, it just feels so natural to me. Well, I love hearing you say that because I genuinely believe that the past year and a half of your career you have been on fire. Like, I really felt like some of the matches that you've had during the COVID era were really good. And, 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 and I know you've had, obviously, good matches before, but, but without fans there, it's got to be very difficult to still have good matches when you don't have that energy to feed off of. But, like, that match you had with Big E, I remember on SmackDown, was, was so good. You had some awesome matches with Matt Riddle, and I really feel like you've been on fire the past year and a half. So it doesn't surprise me to hear that you are kind of feeling more comfortable than you've ever felt in this new role because you have been killing it lately. Look, you know, when the, when the Thunderdome era happened and, and we we're in the Peace Performance Center, it just gave me an opportunity to reset everything and, and you know, and work on a lot of my craft. And, uh, you know, some, some, some of the guys and girls struggled a little bit because, you know, it was a new environment and they were like, you know, they're, they're kind of doing what they normally do with a crowd. But I was able to focus a lot of my attention on my opponents and the referee or the, you know, Cole and, and Corey at that time is basically what we had. I was able to use what I just used what was around me at, in that particular era, you know, in the beginning of the performance center. And I, you know, I was just able to go out there and just like, just, you know, just re, you know, like start from scratch a little bit as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just, I just kind of like, I just, I just kind of engulfed myself in it. You know, I embraced the Thunderdome and, it just went from there. For me, it was just, it was so easy. It just felt really, really good, really natural. And I was able to have these hard hitting matches. And I was able to bring another level of intensity that maybe people or maybe the W universe wouldn't have seen before. And I, you know, I just, it just gave me an opportunity just to let loose, you know? And, um, cause I had all this pent up energy. Like I was, I was off for about a year with the concussion that I got after mania and I came back and, it just didn't feel that the return wasn't great. You know, it was a bit of, to me, it was a lackluster return. Um, 
and it just kind of got lost in the shuffle again, you know what I mean? So I had a lot of pent up energy. So when I came back, when we went to that kind of, when we, after WrestleMania, the Thunderdome, when I came back in and started going, I was able to just go out there and have fun and just, and just let loose. There's nothing to lose, mate, you know what I mean? And I just embraced what was around me. Same with the Thunderdome and, like, it didn't stop me from being aggressive. It didn't stop me from being intensity. I got a lot of passion for what I do. Um, and I love bringing other people up, too. I love I, I love the fact that, like, you know, I love the physicality of, of the matches that I'm involved in with the guys. I'm in. And whether or not they like it in the beginning when they start getting hit, you know, um, you know, or start taking the belt off me, it does fire them up. And you know, it encourages them to hit, they they get they get fired up to hit me back just as just harder, even harder. And 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 at the end of that match, you know what I mean? Like whoever my opponent is, is there's definitely that kind of feeling, that buzz where it's like, you know, play, we knocked the crap out of each other, but you know, we could feel it, you know what I mean? It was intense and we could feel it and the the, the fans at home could feel it, you know. And that's that's where I get my kick out of, man. I'm all for the match, mate. I'm always happy. You know what I mean? I'm always about like Two lads just getting in there and leading, having an old school slogging match, being physical, you know, being passionate, and you know, knocking knocking the shit out of each other until whoever's left standing wins. You know what you're telling me about your time off and how you had this pent up energy, and you reminds me kind of what Roman Reigns told me when I interviewed interviewed him a few months ago, where he was saying during his hiatus while he was gone that he was watching the show sometimes and just thinking about what he felt like he could bring to it to make the show better and like elevate other people and stuff. And I'm kind of getting the same vibe from you that it was just like you had this like thought of what you wanted to do when you came back to to kind of like be more yourself. And it's cool, just like with Roman Reigns, to see that it's working so well for you. Yeah, listen, I mean, I was ready to go from the get-go. I mean, I, I, I got back from, I was in the UK for uh, a Champions League match between Liverpool and Atletico Madrid, and I got back, and there was all these plans for WrestleMania before the pandemic that, you know, kept changing. Um, so I wasn't going to, I don't think I really penned in to be involved in anything big. But when I came back, I had a point to prove, you know what I mean? And I, as I said, like, I was like, you know, like, Cena once said in an episode of Celtic Warrior Workout, he said, be comfortable in the uncomfortable. And that's what I did. And I was able to work on a lot of things, a lot of things that, you know, that were a little weak in my game. And I was able to strengthen them in the Thunderdome and the Performance Center. But my, my main aspect was to go out there and just and bring an aggressive style. Like the thing is, right, there's no fans. There's no camera shots to, to the fans during the action. So all the action, all the focus is going to be on the, on the two guys or two girls or whatever it is or four tag match, whatever, in the ring. So you have to make sure that that, that action you're bringing and that intensity and that, that kind of violence and aggression, you have to make sure that's there because there's, there's nowhere for the camera to go. So it's all or nothing. And that's, that, was, that, was what, uh, that was what really just started to build momentum for me. And then I got to do the thing with uh, after I had a couple of like, you know, um, short matches then I went on with Jeff and we had so much fun with that I got through that cinematic match with Jeff the bar room brawl which was for me it was a, it was a lot of fun I was I definitely wanted to get a cinematic match at, uh, during that area era and Jeff was awesome the whole like pee in the face thing <laughs> and you know what I mean and just like rubbing it all in it just brought another another it just brought another dimension to that uh, to that feud and people were really really emotionally involved some people hated it because of what was bringing out that the demons was bringing up about Jeff and then you know, other people loved it because it was like a very very emotional story between the two of us that accumulated finished in the in the uh, in the bar room brawl and then obviously Biggie after that so it was just dude, it was one thing after another I was just every week I was just 
I was dying to get back to work. I was dying to get back uh, uh, into the Amway or wherever it was at that time um, because I was just I was literally having the most fun of my career I, as a singles competitor. I really feel like what you said right there about John Cena and the being comfortable and the uncomfortable is such good advice. I when I was doing when I started doing this show and interviewing people. I was always so nervous at the start of it. And then I saw like a comedy special where there was similarly similar advice worded a different way. And I was like, that's it. I just need to accept that I am nervous when I'm having a 45 minute conversation with a complete stranger. And then these will probably be a little better and it really has helped. So I do think kind of like accepting that you're uncomfortable can make you more comfortable in the end. So I think that's really good advice. Well, Celtic Warrior Workouts was a great out for me. Like when I was doing, when me and Cesaro were kind of in limbo at one stage in the bar, we weren't really doing much uh, creatively. And Celtic Warrior Workouts allowed me to kind of like, you know, stay sharp in front of the camera. And like I did all these workouts with a lot of the girls and guys, but, you know, I see them backstage, but we weren't like super close. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're very cordial with people. You don't really know, like, you know, you don't know everything about everybody. You know, there's certain people who are close to other, like, uh, there's certain groups who are close to other groups. So when I got to do these workouts with a lot of the talent, you know, like we go through this war of like, we, we, you know, there'd be a grueling workout, whatever they or he or she decided to do. And, you know, you come out the other end with this kind of bond, you know what I'm saying? It's like you, you go through a war together and you come out the other side and there's, there's definitely a connection there. You've you created this bond between between the two of you, you know what I mean? And that's, I gained a lot, a lot of experience in the Celtic Warrior workouts. I gained a lot of nuances in front of the camera and, and you know the way i was shooting and every episode i do i did a, uh, I used to shot it with a friend of mine ray senior back in ireland he'd edit stuff together and we were constantly trying to dissect in the episodes and be like well this didn't work try this and we're all constantly trying to make the show better and better if you go back to the first episode of Celtic warrior work that's one of the last ones it's so much more smoother but it's all a learning process and that's what we're doing and whatever we do in life whether it's wrestling whether it's yourself interviewing different people you've never met before whether it's Celtic warrior work no matter what it is you're not going to be an expert at the very beginning you know it takes time and it just takes perseverance and it takes like a lot of like you know commitment to it but you know it's it's, it's all about that journey and it's the same in my WWE career. Like, it's all been about a journey. You know, I go back to 2010, 2009, when I, my, uh, I debuted and beat John. It was like, you know, I was nowhere near the finished article or polished article. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it's taken years, um, you know, to for my character to transcend, to grow, and, and to, you know, I find myself, you know, in different things. And, like, where I am now with Shamey, that's been a long process for me to kind of get to that position, to get to that place. So things don't happen overnight. There's certain people where it does happen overnight, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, this, but they're, they're few and far between. But for me, the journey and anything we do, whether it's the Celtic Warrior Workouts with my WWE career, it, it definitely does. It takes, it takes time, man. It takes time. It takes commitment. It takes uh, a lot of sacrifice. But, you know, we get there at the end. And that's, that's for anybody out there. So even for people watching now who want to be WWE superstar, girls, guys, whatever, you know, I got knocked back a couple of times before I was signed. And, you just got to stick at it. You just got to keep going. Like, you, you get what knocked back, you can't just take that. You're like, you know what I mean? Oh, you got knocked back. It's all over. The world's going to end. Uh, what am I going to do? It's like, no, you just take on the chin. You go, you know what? I'm going to go and prove them wrong. And I come back again and again and again. And that's it. And that's, uh, that's me rambling on. No, no, I, I love it though because. Last week and a half. I, no, I love that all that. I love all that because I. I really enjoyed the Celtic Warrior workouts. And I'm not even like a gym rat type guy. I felt like you did a really good job of 
just having interesting conversations with the people on the shows sometimes. Like I, I would cover it for my website when I still had my own website and I really liked what you guys did and I, and I did see that growth. So I, uh, that's cool for me to hear because I was a fan of the show. And in talking about your journey, you know, and you know, you talking about how it's all about the journey and stuff. Uh, and I, I want to talk to you about something. I want to talk. I want to talk to you about the start of your journey because when I was doing research for this interview, I was looking around and I was trying to find something that I find interesting about the person or just something that I that I think is fascinating. When I'm, you know, something that we could talk about. And I stumbled on your website promoting your work before you signed with WWE, and I thought it was so cool because like there it was very interactive and and it was at a time when the internet wasn't like social media interactive like that and i i was just and i was also amazed that it's still active on the web on the internet like you can still access it and see all your promotional stuff and all all the things that you had done um did you make that website or is that something that you had commissioned no uh again the guy uh ray senior got a lot of used to uh I partnered up with him, and we, that's what we did the Celtic Warrior work at stuff. He did, he did. He's very he's great with graphics, great with uh, you know websites, and he's just he's, he's just picks he picks stuff up technology up really really fast. Again, that that website was there to promote this idea, like the character, and you know, and it was it was it was awesome. Like there was there was that that website was so much so far ahead of its time, especially in that time when most wrestlers, even WWE at the time, not just independent uh, wrestlers, superstars, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they were just using MySpace. Yeah. They weren't even using like proper websites, and so we had this, and we had a link to the MySpace thing. I had a, a theme song made um, uh, for Seamus as well, the Irish Curse. Uh, so there was a lot. There was a lot of stuff. A lot of work went into that. And, you know, we're always trying different things. One time as an FCW, I tried to do this woad thing where I basically got woad, and I basically like get sellotape strips. And strip around my uh, my arm because henna wouldn't work. But henna was kind of like the vibe the Celtic warriors used to use it. Before we went into the battle, they'd basically be like, probably take a load of like eat a load of mad stuff uh, grown out of the ground <laughs> in the hills of Ireland, and then they basically get woe or henna and they, or uh, or woe, sorry, blue woe, and they just make do all these mad designs in their face. And they come down out of the bleeding mountains with axes and swords, like totally naked, just. Any invaders or anyone coming up, we like wouldn't know what the hell hit them. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's like it was it was just an incredible, intimidating uh, sight. You know, um, but I wanted to try mess around with the with the henna, cell tape my arms. Boy, there's pictures out there from FCW back in the day, 2007, 2008. I like a henna on my leg, like big stripes of henna. I did the 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 uh, the I did the basic the face paint you just saw on the picture from the website. I did lots of loads of mad stuff. I had the axe I carried everywhere as well, and the sword. And I had like this kind of shawl I used in FCW. So there was a lot that went into that character. But this um, is even before then, FCW, course, and to see the pic, like to see the yeah. work you put into creating your character, blew me away. Like blew me away. The, I wish I could tell, it's hard for me to explain how intricate this website was to those of you watching, but like, or listening, but you know, like there's two to three pages of Seamus mythology that he wrote on this website that are just like deep about the character, every single part of it, where it came from, who it is. Every single web page has a different video on it, like introducing you yeah. to that page. Like here's all the Seamus press releases. And I just, I found it fascinating because yeah. You clearly, from watching all your old stuff, 
to me, it felt like you were all, from a certain age convinced that you were going to be a big deal in pro wrestling and you acted like it and you you went towards making that goal happen. When at what point in your life did you say, I'm doing it, I'm going all in, I'm getting a publicist, I'm getting a stylist, I'm writing 10 pages of mythology. Like, when did that all kind of like come about? <laughs> it just ha like it really happens. So I I made the decision to go. I actually first went to the Monster Factory. I was there for three months. It didn't. I didn't really. I mean, I was did a, did a couple of training sessions, but it didn't end well. Um, I had a lot of visa issues and stuff, and I went over on a, like a ninety day holiday visa. But I came back with my tail between my legs because it didn't really work out for me. Um, and but I wanted to go. I made up my mind. Like in O2, I was working at IT, and in O2, I was like, look, I met I met Bret Hart at the nightclub I was working in Dublin. And I went back in my mind, I always thought, I always knew to myself, to myself, I was like, look, there's no Irish wrestlers in there. I know Finley was in WCW, but we never really had a true Irish, Irish, Irish wrestler, Irish superstar. And um, I knew there was, I knew there was an opportunity there, and especially the way I looked. And I just thought, like, you know, that this, I, I back in my mind, it's like this, I, you know, I want to do this because if I don't do it now, I'll probably look back in, you know, 10, 20 years time with, with a lot of regret, you know. And so I just. I went over to the Monster Factory through Bret Hart. He gave me uh, the information about Larry Sharp School. It didn't work out. And I came back with my legs, my tail took between my legs. But I, I always had that in the back of my mind that I wanted to give another go. So I got an opportunity in Ireland. There's an Irish uh, wrestling school that opened up, uh, Irish Whip Wrestling. I started wrestling there. That's how I met Drew and how I met Wade Barrett because they were, they were coming over from, the, uh, from Scotland and England. But, like, you know, it wasn't again. I know I keep saying like a horse that, you know, started working with Ray, you know, we started coming up with these ideas of, of, of the character and having more than just, you know, another guy walk in there, having a backstory, having all this 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 uh, character backstory and, and where he came from and origin origin uh, origin stories to build Seamus and talk about who he is and why he is and what his motivation is or where he comes from. And it was, it was basically a whole storyboard to, you know, to create a great character that, that would go into WWE. Um, Unfortunately, at the time, the character and stuff was way far advanced, more far advanced than my actual wrestling. <laughs> so that was the thing that had to come. Up. That was the thing that had to come up. You know what I mean? That was that was like the character thing and stuff was was amazing. It was great. But as far as my in-ring ability, when I got to FCW in 07 and started working with Tom Pritchard, Steve Cairn and Norman Smiley, um, quickly realized that like, you know, this isn't the Indies anymore in the UK and Ireland. Like that, I have a lot of other lot to learn. I have a lot of bad habits, and uh, I quickly have to work on getting that up to where you know the Celtic Celtic warrior Shane's got the warrior character was. I, I could tell it was funny. I when I was re when I was watching old stuff of yours, and I watched uh, one of your first matches. Well, not one of your first matches. One of your early matches against D'Lo Brown, where you beat a, beat yeah. the title. And I was watching it, and I was thinking it was it was. It was, it was interesting to me how you carried yourself like such a big star walking out, but I could tell when you started like the wrestling part, that was when you were like, all right, I still got a little more work to do here. Yeah, like, look, you know, when I, you know, I won't, won't lie, when I got to FCW, like Dr. Tom, Dr. Tom Pritchard was straight up with me. Like he was like, they really, you know, it's funny, you know, you don't really get, like, I was lucky to work with people like Robbie Brookside on the Indies. But when you get, you know, no one really gives you advice or no one really gives you, like, you know, props on what you're work-wise. It's not until you literally get to 
developmental where they like you know you get a you get a swift kick in the in, in the uh, in the leer hole you know what i'm saying <laughs> like you get really taken down to size pretty fast you get told that you know you realize like yeah i don't know as much as i think i know you know what i'm saying so but dilo was great like well i dilo was the dilo was the first uh former w uh superstar wrestler i actually got to jump in the ring when he was awesome dilo was awesome even when i see him to this day he's great super chill super cool really nice and he went out there to help me uh, look as good as I possibly could, you know, for as green as I was back then. So he was awesome. And then we, he dropped the title to me um, in, I think it was in Newcastle about a year or so later when he came back. So, yeah, Dilo, Dilo was great to work. Then I worked at Vampiro. He was awesome, too. I love working with him. He was great. I think I wrestled him twice. Had a lot of fun wrestling him. And then I kind of went over to the U.K. and started wrestling for uh, All-Star Wrestling and True and, and, uh, and Wade. And just getting a lot more ring time and a lot more reps, and you know, getting in front of the crowd every week, you know, as opposed to once every month, a month or whatever. So I was just determined to start picking up the pace at that stage. That's when I got myself to the UK. Before I transition out of uh, this phase of your career, I just two things I wanted to say. One, people always talk about your too many limes theme and how much they like it or whatever. I feel like not enough people have heard this theme that you had on the indies because. It rips, dude. I was like, man, this is a dope song. Like, it's got, like, cool rap over it. It's, like, cool, like, rap about your character over it. It's got, like, Celtic beats and stuff. Like, did you did you have a hand in making that at all? Like, like the helping with what you wanted it to sound like or anything? Yeah, well, so... Um, we think, So the song itself is uh, Alan... Um, oh, my God, I can't think of his last name. I feel I'm super embarrassed. You must have it on the website. I probably there, do. Yeah. Uh, let's see... Uh, it's Do a quick research I'm looking, there. Uh, oh, it doesn't say his name on Alan. here. It doesn't say his name. It should do. Wait, hold on. It should do. Let's see. I'm looking. I'm looking. Which part is it under? Because there's like a whole list of credits on your website. <laughs> we, can, we can pause this. We can pause this part. Right? Wait, here we go. Manager and publicist Ray yeah. Senior, the Irish Curse song composer Alan Doyle. Alan Doyle, Doyle, my God, yeah, it's been so long. But yeah, Alan Doyle came up with the song. We're like, again, these are all these things we wanted to present in WWE when we got there. Um, but that didn't that didn't materialize because WWE had their own, you know, in-house uh, music creators. And they didn't, you know, you know, they they didn't kind of work in that way of taking other songs in. So it didn't really work with Doyle. But that was a great song, Doyle knew everything about the character it was an awesome track i used it on the indies for about two years um, i used it in irish whip wrestling and i used it kind of in the beginning of fcw as well actually when i came in my own track they were just kind of like everybody in fcw were kind of like what you have your own you have your own track they're like they're blown away you know what i mean yeah because when Cause at that time people just like used a famous song or whatever on the indies so that's why when, yeah. I, when i saw that i was like man like it felt like you were a product of so many people like it felt like you know, a lot of people believed in you I, in I had Ireland. a great team. I had a great team work for me, Al. Um, um, Ryan, a great team, especially with Ray and, and Alan, you know what I'm saying? So uh, they, gave me the, they gave me a lot of confidence, too, in what I was doing, you know what I mean? And they opened my eyes to a lot of things. Because some people think when you go out there, just, oh, I just want to be, I want to be a great, the greatest wrestler. But there's a lot more than that, mate. You know what I mean? There's a lot more. There's a lot of character stuff. There's a, there's a lot more. There's a lot more layers that need to be in there than just being a great a great wrestler you know what i mean you have to you have to uh you know get under the skin of people you know what i mean you have to like you know trigger those emotions you know what i mean and and then try and like bring something that's completely different um being a great wrestler is not enough 
Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you have to have, there has to be that type of entertainment vibe. There has to be a lot more. And, and the people that had worked with me in, in, in initially on the character, uh, they created something awesome and gave me a lot of confidence what I was doing. Now, uh, in transitioning to you coming to WWE, um, I found this quote that you gave to Fighting Spirit Magazine a few weeks before your WWE tryout, and I thought it was fun to look back on you. They asked you about getting the tryout and how you had an upcoming tryout, and you told them, uh, I want to have a long career in professional wrestling, and that means my focus has to be WWE, but something tells me getting my foot in the door there would be where the real work begins. Now, you've since gone on to have like an over 10-year career in WWE, so I'm just wondering, what do you think the key has been to sustaining your career in WWE for as long as you have? Hunger, uh, passion, and um, don't want to sound like a broken record here, but for me, it's it's been something I wanted in my whole life, and I feel like I've I've been able to stay really really hungry, just like I said earlier on by going out there every time, and just not bringing all. The accolades that I've achieved in with me, like going out there, like I, you know, acting like I've never won anything. Um, but I'm also trying to get better, mate. I'm also trying to get better in the ring. I'm also trying to like get better, you know, my promos and my character. And I'm like, I'm, I'm constantly trying to improve because I'm never really satisfied with where I'm at. I'm never satisfied with anything, to be honest with you, with, which involves my career. Never, never satisfied with what I've won the matches I've had, the promos I've had, I'm always trying to push it to the next level uh, week after week after week. And I feel like, and I feel like that's, that's what really drives me on. It's just, it's just trying to get better and trying to like, you know, create something that nobody has seen and leave a legacy that, that people will never forget, you know, and not just fall into the, you know, just fall into like, I don't know, when it's over, just disappear. I want people to talk about Seamus forever. You know what I mean? I want people to, when they talk about WWE, they talk about Seamus. You know what I mean? The Celtic War. I just want to, I want, I want to be unforgettable in the stuff that I do. And as I said, I keep pushing on. Like, you know, when I hear people talk about, you know, oh, Roman Reigns, what a great promo, or, you know what I mean? Or it's like, you know, or Drew and Bobby or all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, screw that. I'm, I'm better than these guys. And I'm going to prove that I'm better than these guys. You know what I mean? I haven't been handed anything. Like people will go back to 2012 and they'll say, oh, he's a baby face with short down our throat. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. You know what I mean? I, I'm well aware of what's happened in the past. And that's what drives me on. I use that sort of stuff to push me, push me, push myself harder. Because um, I know better than all these people. I know better than all these guys. I haven't got things served out in the plate to me, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe in the past, there was a time for a short period of a year or so that, you know, I was the golden boy, Celtic Warriors, shame in 2012, but that's, that was eight, that was eight, nine years ago. So I'm constantly just going to go out there and, and just prove that I'm better than everybody else. Whether it's John, whether, you know, it's John Cena coming back or Bleeding the Rock coming back, I just want an opportunity to go out there and show them that I can be and skin them alive in that ring. Uh, and I know I can't. And it's just the confidence that's come over the last couple of years and me being able to relax my own skin, drop my ego, not worry about what other people are thinking, not overthink stuff. That was the biggest thing for me, Ryan, was overthinking every single thing. And again, not being sure who that character was in the past. I knew when I went out there, I could put on a very, very physical match, an entertaining match, you know what I mean? But 
the problem like the thing I've, i noticed was like the character stuff was just not there it was not solid enough and you know you can have the great as i said you can have the best matches you want but if the character if the character's not there then people really can't get fully invested or fully attached to it you're just the guy that goes out there and has great matches or great physical matches and then even in the pandemic era when i did that bra room brawl with uh with jeff hardy and i came out in that clobber with the hat and the the vest and the, and the pants and stuff it just you know again that probably wouldn't have happened in a uh, in a normal environment so the pandemic and the, the the thunderdome era gave an opportunity for me to try new things and from that it's just it's just grown and grown and grown and it's just like as i said it's just i'm all in mate i'm loose i'm enjoying it i'm having fun and i don't even know what i'm going to say next and it's it's really really start it's really starting to take off and uh, i can just go with this i can go anywhere with this character was there any advice that you got that helped you stop overthinking everything because i'm not gonna lie i feel the same way i'm i just always feel like i'm overthinking everything constantly and i would i mean is there anything that helped you in stopping doing that i think it has to come with time i think it does i mean people can help you definitely give you advice but you know you kind of like you have to come to grips with that yourself there's only so much so 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 much that people can tell you but you have to live through that man that's another journey you go through you know what i mean and again some people go through that journey quicker than others but you know it's, it's taken me many years to you know to, to get where i'm at right now but i don't think there's any advice you just have to figure you have to you just have to let go of yourself and just believe in yourself and trust yourself and then you'll see what happens take chances don't get comfortable you know what i mean as i said get comfortable in the uncomfortable get comfortable in the uncomfortable when you when you just when you're not pushed when you're not when you're in your comfort zone nothing's going to happen nothing new is going to happen nothing fresh is going to happen nothing dynamic is going to happen because you're in your comfort zone and you're just doing the same thing over and over again yeah it's grand people might like it but you'll never really fulfill your true potential you never really see what will happen next and that's the thrill you know yeah you could fall down on your face and you'd be like you know I mean, if it doesn't work, you can fall on your face. But that's it. You just get back up and you try something else. At least you've tried it. It's the same thing with my career. I could have sat and bleed my tea. I hated computers. I hated working on Windows 2000 and Windows XP. It was a bleed nightmare. And I could have done that. And, you know, I could have talked about being a wrestler. I talked about going to WWE and fulfilling my dream. Or, you know, I never did it. and just kind of stuck it. XP or well, I don't even know what Windows operating system are out there now. But I could have done that. <laughs> Because it was in my comfort zone. Because I knew how to do that. You know what I mean? But I took a chance and I did it. And that's that's what life's all about, mate. And I um, don't want to sound like I'm getting too deep here, but it really is just... I think Celtic Warrior Workouts is what's really helped me. Celtic Warrior Workouts really helped me shed my skin. When I saw the response that I was getting and the fun I was having doing it, and I was just being me, and I wasn't trying to put a barrier, and I made the channel about... I made a channel about the person I was working out with. I never made the channel about, oh, look how great I am lifting these heavy weights. Look at the shape I'm in. I'm shameless. I'm believing deadly. Look at me. Don't you wish you were like me? I, ne I never, I, I've seen YouTube channels like that. I saw a lot of them out there. And uh, as again, me and Ray were like, you know what? We're doing the complete opposite to that because no one wants to watch that bullshit. It's just, it's just ego driven shit. And it was like, that's what every episode was. And at the end of it, you see me crawling around the ground in bits, <laughs> gasping for air, 
and whoever I was working out with was always the one who got the got the got the spotlight. And that's really where things started to click with me, where it just was like, you know, I just started dropping dropping the bleeding fences, man, just dropping the uh, dropping the guardrails around me, and just just letting loose and being myself and just you know trusting myself. And the feedback off that channel from people like who just started changing their lives and just started like were afraid to work out, didn't know how to work out. There's so many intimidating things going to the gym and they start watching these workouts and they're good crack. And there was a lot of conversation. It was fun. Everyone's talking about how many obstacles that they got over to get where they are now. And it just gave people the, the confidence to watch these workouts work, start working at home and then bit by bit, just, just start, you know, venturing out into gyms and doing different things and actually starting to love fitness. So that's, I think there, if there was to be one thing, if you, if you have to have a definitive answer on one thing, it was it was Celtic Warrior workouts. That had it was the best decision I ever made was was starting that channel. Well, speaking of good decisions, uh, you recently got engaged, right? Congratulations on that. Yeah, thanks very much. Appreciate that. I've been drinking champagne for the last ten days. <laughs> yeah, when you said when you said you went to Ireland, I was like, oh, I gotta wait because I want to ask him about his engagement at some point. I feel like you had to have scored a lot of romance points with the location you picked. That looks so nice right there. Thanks, well, that's actually fifteen minutes from my ma's house. Um, so it's Cliffs of Moher. Um, as like my mom's family live in uh, Milltown, Malbay. Uh, the entire family. Um, her mom's from Clare. So when I was younger, I used to, every Christmas and Easter and uh, for two weeks in the summer, um, we go down to County Clare. Um, you know, I had a lot of friends down there, a lot of memories, and, you know, I spent a lot of time. And it's a very romantic, uh, it's a, definitely is a very romantic county. Um, and it's got, again, the most beautiful landscape, you know what I mean, in the country as far as I'm concerned, and the cliffs of Moher. And I just... We, me and Isabella have been there a couple of times before. Started dating four, started dating four years ago. And, um, you know, we've been there a couple of times. And, uh, you know, I knew I wanted to do it. But I was, honestly, mate, I was more nervous proposing that there than I was probably going into WrestleMania, mate. It was, it was, it was, yeah, it was nerve-wracking. But thankfully she said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um so yeah, as I said, like for anyone who anyone watching it, anyone who watches uh and they they you know, the the plans with Ireland. Dublin's great. Listen, I went to school in Dublin, I grew up in inner city Dublin, it's fantastic. But you can't leave that country without going to the West Coast. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh was she expecting it, you think? No, she said she wasn't, no. <laughs> you know what's weird? So the weird the weirdest thing was, right, we're walking up, um it's a bit of a little hike it's a kind of small hike up, you know. From, from when you get in there and you go up all the way to the, the right-hand side of the cliffs. And uh, there was this lad there, and he had, had his son and his wife, and he, was, he had one of these big professional cameras, right? So he was, he was snapping a load of shots, and uh, it was kind of like, I was just kind of creating small talk with, it, with her because like, I was just trying to like just keep my head in the game here, you know, <laughs> not mess it up. But I did notice him. And so after I proposed, um, he basically came up. He goes, yeah, I got the whole thing on camera. So I was cool. like, what? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm a wedding, I'm a, I'm a wedding photographer, Sligo, <laughs> and uh, I got all, all loads of photographs. So he got a load of professional. I had no idea he was there. But he got a load of professional, uh, professional shots, and uh, he sent them on to us, and they're they're unbelievable. I actually posted one on my Instagram, where we're walking, uh, we're walking towards the top of the cliff. So uh, 
yeah man it was crazy even the sky the weather was perfect it was like the perfect time the sun was kind of just starting to come down and there's all sorts of mad rainbows <laughs> yeah i saw the picture she was, posted where was, there was a rainbow yeah. right before i was like god that's so romantic like it couldn't have worked out any better it took me it took me ages trying to get that rainbow right you know what i mean it was just like it was, just, it was tough I'm no artist. Throwing water in the air. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Get it right. Get it right there, will you? Yeah, one of my best friends recently got engaged, and uh, he was going to do it at the airport. But it was the way he was doing it was romantic. It was like in a lounge that they had been together in or whatever. But uh, I similarly was like, hey, man, are are you going to film it? And he was like, oh, man, I didn't even think about that. I've been so laser focused on just doing it. And I was like, bro, you got to, like, set your camera up in the corner or something. And so he ended up doing that. He said that he was charging his his camera. And so he was able to set it up. And afterwards, she was very thankful that I told him to do that because now they have it all on camera. So it's lucky that you had that guy out there. Well, I didn't have him there. Well, I mean, that he ended up being there. I could lie and go... yeah, well, I could lie and go, yeah, yeah, I organized the whole thing, you know, like, that's how smart I am, but uh, no, I, I can't. But I'll tell you what I did do. I did record it. If you go back to that picture, I don't know if you got a picture of the, the we, tower there. Mm-hmm. He'll bring it back um, in a sec. You pull it back up. So there's, there's a window there. So I put the camera there, and I was like, listen, uh, you can take you can take snaps, not that one. The one on uh, the location? We're at the one where I'm trying to go on my knee, but my me, me hip is bad. <laughs> So uh, I'm just joking. There we go. There I'm money is. messing. So see that window, that yep. window there, right? You put me where I put my camera right there, and I was like, she says, "What are you doing?" I said, "I oh, know. I'm just gonna the video, so we can take pictures off the video, right?" She's like, "Yeah, I suppose we can just ask someone to take a picture." I was like, "No, no, no. I'll put the camera there with video, and <laughs> take out the best pictures because the cliffs were right behind us." So I actually videoed the whole thing. So I have the whole thing on video, and she didn't have a clue. <laughs> that's awesome. So I it worked out it. well. I love it. One, one, one romantic thing in my entire life. That's about it. I got one romantic thing in my entire life. I just used it up. Hey, at least you did that one time. I feel like if you're going to use it for one time, this is the time you want to do it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Do you feel like the WWE version of ECW kind of got a bad rap? Because I was a fan of it back then. I liked that I got to meet, like, I got to inter- be introduced to new talent like you and Kofi Kingston and stuff like that. Did you like that your brief time on ECW? I love my time in ECW. Look, I don't, for me, I was never ever going to compare it to the original ECW. It was never going to be that. It was never going to be that vibe. And, it was set up to create a third brand for sci-fi and give a lot of talent an opportunity. Now, the thing is, like, the thing about the ECW brand was, it when it first started, it was, you know, it was a little like that, you know, like hardcore and, you know, a little raunchy and stuff like that. But it was never really going to be the same. You took it out of, uh, what was the... Um, the, the ECW arena, arena, the, arena, the Hammerstein arena Ballroom? Yeah. The Hammerstein Ballroom. I mean, that, that was that was the vibe, you know. And then you're going into like, you know, you're taping for SmackDown in big, you know, basketball hockey rings. So it was never going to be that vibe. It was an opportunity for a lot of new talent to come out and, uh, you know, you know, cut their teeth um, in front of in front of the audience, you know, without being on Raw SmackDown. You know, what I mean, because sometimes when you go into those environments, Raw SmackDown, it's just like being thrown into the defense. You're, you know. You, you may, you know, get your head above water. You may not, you know. But it gave people a chance to be front of that type of uh, WWE uh, universe crowd, work in front of the cameras, work in that environment. You know what I mean? And get used to it before, you know, trying, you know, going on to Raw or SmackDown. And I, I loved it because 
I don't think I would have had the, I don't think I would have had the opportunity that I had against John so quickly if I hadn't been in ECW. Like Goldust, when I wrestled him, he was phenomenal, man. Like he was, we had some great matches that everybody was talking about. People just tune into ECW just to see me and Goldust go at it. Um, we even main evented the show. Um, I think maybe definitely for one week, maybe a second. I because wa I wasn't there that long. Yeah, like, sure. I, went, I did the feud with Goldust and had the Shelton thing, but that that thing with Goldust that really put me in, in the spotlight. Uh, for management, and then you know John seen it too, and then you know I went on, I went down to John, but like having the opportunity to wrestle Goldust in the matches that we were having, like, and we had time, like two seg matches, and you know a lot, like two long segs, um, and it was it was phenomenal. Like I couldn't ask for a, a better start or a better opponent than Dustin. Dustin was a massive, massive help to me, and. You know, I think we fired each other up in those matches. I think he's—I know he's as proud of those matches as I am. Um, but he really—that really gave me an opportunity to go um, to go over to Raw. Like I had the first match with Jamie Noble on Raw. I was not again like thinking. Here was the thing, right? So, for example, on Monday night, you have a couple of lads come. You know, people come up from NXT that you know the, the crowd don't re know. Like so, a lot of there's no sometimes there's no crossover between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Yep. Same with ECW. I went from ECW to Raw. My first match was with Jamie Noble. No one knew who I was, knew who I was <laughs> even though I've been on ECW for like three or three months or so. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it, it was super intimidating. Like, I, I it actually just it shocked me a little bit because I was automatically assuming, oh, you know, I'm an ECW, you know who I'm going to be, but they didn't. So I went in with Jamie and that first match. Bed and uh, all of a sudden now I'm 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 on the back foot big time here because I've got to try and like, you know, I have another opportunity but I got to make sure I, I you know I hit that opportunity and the second one obviously, it went a lot better and of course everyone knows I powerbomb Jamie Noble on the floor, <laughs> yeah. um definitely it pissed off a lot of people, um, but uh you know but uh it, it, it got people's attention right away and I, then I was off to the races after that. Um, again, thanks to Jamie Noble, that gave me, you know, an opportunity to, to move on. You know what I mean? People weren't happy with the bump, you know what I'm saying? But he was all right, you know. He's still running around. We're cool, you know what I mean? <laughs> See each other all the time. But like that's uh, that was that was a very very um, stressful time for me as well, because like, I thought like, man, I got more opportunity here if I don't do this, then I could be toast. Well, I mean, because you talked about how it was kind of, I feel like it was a very different time back then. Like the backstage vibe was a much more, was a, not the same as it is now. I feel like it was a much more intense backstage vibe that you guys had. Were, were people stoked at you getting that opportunity so quickly? Or was there kind of like some, some you know, people who weren't excited to see this new guy getting pushed ahead of them? People were definitely not stoked. <laughs> they were definitely not stoked. There was a lot of people who were pissed off with the situation that happened because people, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of guys were there for years and never had the opportunity. And then the fact then when I won, ah, <laughs> uh, the heat, <laughs> the heat, so much heat, man. So much heat. So much heat. I thought I was going to get sunburned in the backstage area. <laughs> but, um, but you know, uh, they say if you're not getting heat, you're not doing your, you're not doing your job right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, it was a different era. But it was a little different era back then. You know what I mean? But 
there were a lot of people who were severely pissed off. But I didn't care. I was WWE champion. Why, why would I care? Why would I care what anyone thinks? You know what I mean? I'm top of the world. I'm top of the world. I'm in there with Cena, with Orton, with Triple H. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, like, I'm in there with uh, Edge, you know, the, the best of the best, the cream of the crop. And I'm learning on the fly every single week, um, doing live events, doing TVs, and even in there with Sean one time and Taker one time. Like, it's just like, man, you, you, how, there's no better, there's no better people, there's no better guys to learn from than these, you know what I mean? So it was an awesome learning opportunity for me. Do you think that starting on such a high note is a lot of why it's been, it was hard for you in the years that followed to to become to be like satisfied with what you were doing since you had started at the top that it made it kind of harder to feel like you were doing a good job if you weren't the champion yeah well look listen that's that's what we do right you know i've been at the top i've been here you know what i mean i've been down here like it, it's you know like but that was the first real kick in the stomach for me like that really was because i went from you know I, I quickly realized that i was an opponent for these top guys you know what i'm saying like i was i was the opponent for for cena for i was a fresh opponent for cena for orton for for triple h so when i when i've done the done the rounds with those guys then you know what i mean they're the ones who are established. They're the ones that people are paying to see, you know, especially that, that, that period. So then I went down, you know, I dropped out, you know what I'm saying? And I went down with John, or not John, John Morrison, had some great matches with him. And, you know, I did a thing with Santino and the Tea Party and, and then Daniel Bryan. So, yeah, I, I definitely dropped down. Um, but then, you know, when I dropped down, I was motivated to go back up. And, I, uh, you know, I, I'm proud of a lot of the matches I had with, with Danny Bryan and, um, Morrison and you know what I mean the King of the Ring stuff and then I embraced that gimmick as well went all in with that Celtic King sort of stuff and then eventually you know came back around again I battered myself and I put myself through the war and I just eventually I came back up um, as a baby face which led to my 2012 run um, going into 2013 before I got hurt so yeah I just yeah I mean it, it is you know, it happens pretty much to everybody. Like I've seen a lot of guys come in, and you know the same thing. You know, they're they're on, they're, they get their light of fire under their ass, and they come in, and it's great. But really, what determines your character is like, you know, when you run out of road at that at that at that position, it's you know your character. You really get a chance to prove the type of character you are. You know, it tests your character to come out of that and then come back up again. And that's really where you know. That's really where the, the, the that's where the real test is, and I've done it so many times now. I'm just so used to it, you know what I mean. <laughs> I just like shrug it off, you know, dust it off, and go all right, back to work. Let's go back and I start digging ourselves up and climbing out of this ditch again and get back to the top of the mountain. Uh, now, before I end here, I want to ask you know we had t I talked in the beginning about how you're kind of like one of the veterans of the locker room now. Does it Has anyone ever anyone ever said to you you look like Damien Sandow? I get it all the time. Like my mentions are always time, filled with yeah. it. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> um, do, does it feel weird for you now to be at that stage of your career where you are one of the veteran talents in the locker room now? That you've been there that long to where you're in the same place of some of those guys that you were just talking about that when you got there? 
you know, I made a mistake in the beginning of my career, and not just not in the ring or anything like that. But like, I remember when I first came up, I was, there's two locker rooms, right? There's a TVL locker room and there's the male talent locker room. And somehow I just kind of like wandered into TVL, not knowing like I feel like that was a really like non non cool thing to do to some of the talent at the time, especially because I was so new. But I feel like um, for the last couple of years, you know, I've, I've been in there, I've very much mixed in with the lads in the male talent. And all the new talent, and um, and the uh, and, and the older talent, like you know, this like Kofi's there as well. Miz is there. Morrison's back. Um, so there's a lot of the talent, you know, a lot of experienced talent like myself, a lot of veterans like myself. But I love it, mate. I love it. Like I love an opportunity to go out there with a Humberto, or whether it's Ricochet, or you know, even Keith Lee or, or Riddle. You know what I mean? I love going in there with the new lads, new to the main roster. I love tearing it up. You know, I love that. I love that role. I just do. I just like like get an opportunity to bring something out of these these young fellas and and get them to show who they really are. Like the stuff I did with Riddle, man. Like he was like it was so much fun, and we were both out for the match. Like at WrestleMania, we were calling like we were coming up with ideas for each other. <laughs> that's how that's how awesome it was. Like you know, I want to do. It wasn't like I want to do this to you, and I want to do this and this. It was more like. Oh man, you should try this. Hit me with that thing. You know what I mean? Or this would be great if this, you know, if you hit me with that. And he's the same. Oh, dude, this would be fantastic. Like, so that's that's sort of vibe it's been. You know what I mean? And that's what's we're out for the match. And that's I really firmly believe that everybody should be out for the match. This whole shite of being out for yourself and making yourself look good and you know what I mean? I just think like at this day, I just want to be out for the match. I want to have great matches. I want to bring something out of these young kids because I won't be there forever, mate. You know what I mean? Trust me, I'll hold on. Like I'm, I'm better shaped now than I was ten years ago, and you know you have to be drag me out of the door, um, you know when when I feel like I'm done. But I love bringing this out of the, the, those young fellas and having these banger matches, and and getting them to show something that the audience, the universe hasn't seen before, you know, and, and just like, oh man, he's great. You know, people talking about him. He's deadly. He's brilliant. You know, it's like in the past before, you know, people talked about this, uh, you know, the, the Thunderdome era, like, oh, Shane's having all these matches now. I feel like I've always been having, like, solid, hard-hitting, great matches. But for some reason, it's always been, like, because I was hated so much, I guess, by the online community a little bit, you know what I mean, and resented or feel like that being shoved down the throat. So I was like, oh, this lad carried Seamus to a great match, next opponent. Carried Seamus to a great match. <laughs> sort of uh, carried Seamus to a great match. It's like, there's a kind of theme there, but nobody was actually saying, well, hang on, Seamus is in all these matches. But again, that sort of stuff motivates me, Ryan. You know what I mean? It motivates me. It's like, I don't, I don't take it personally. I don't let it eat me away. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I want to go out there and do it again. I'm going to like show you what I can do. And now I'm at a point where, like, Humberto has been great, you know what I mean? Obviously, he smashed my nose in, um, but that stuff happens, you know what I mean? Like, it's, that's, I, I couldn't encourage that physicality out of people. But, you know, I want, I want people to show how good he is. Humberto's an unbelievable talent, unbelievable, and he's young. Like, you know what I mean? And he's good looking. I hate the fact he's so good looking. <laughs> I hate it. He's so pretty. You know what I mean? He's not, so pretty, not yeah. Fair. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. You know what I mean? I was born with, I was slapped with the, I was slapped with the ugly stick when I was growing up. <laughs> But um, <laughs> but you know him and Ricky and 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 and, and uh, Riddle and Riddle's been off to the races now. Just look at how bleeding good he's still and that car- like his car- he's got his character nailed. He knows who he is, and he's having great matches. But it's not just the great matches he's having, man. It's the per- it's the personality, it's his personality, his character that people love. They just love watching him and don't know what he's going to do next. Keith Lee again came back. People love Keith. Had some awesome matches with Keith as well. So 
I love it, mate. I love being in there. I love mixing up. I love dragging that out of them. You know what I mean? I like I'm saying like, don't be afraid to hit me, lad. Don't be afraid to hit me because I'm going to hit you. <laughs> you better hit me too. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, don't be afraid. You know, and they're not. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, and it's it's great to see such such an intensity from these kids because you know, as I said, I'll be you know, they're some of them are some of them are 15 years younger than me, so they'll be they'll be long ago. They'll be going when I'm not around. And the idea there is to grave that into them too. Is when another when young lads come in, just like you have, let's fuck, bring it out of man. Show them, bring them up, bring them up to your level. Show them how to do it. Bring an intensity out of them. Let them let them let them let loose and show what they can do. And that's that's the cycle. That's what's going to keep the business going. You know what I mean? Not some bleeding selfish selfish is going to come in and just be out for himself, do what he can, and then take off. You know what I mean? It's going to be like about you know. Keeping everything going, keeping the business going, and you know when a new talent comes in and they're good and they're and they're honest and you know what I mean, they're not, um, and they've a lot to give, then just help them, you know what I mean, and yep. bring it out of them, and that's the cycle that'll keep on going, mate. Yep. And I feel that's that. I feel like I said a while ago about the locker room, and you know, I talked about a couple of releases, which no one ever wants to see releases. You know, I, I lost a lot of a lot of friends who uh, are no longer with the company, and I said like, oh, you know. They asked me how the atmosphere was. I said, the atmosphere is good. And like, obviously, Seamus is lying because how could the atmosphere be good? But the truth of the matter is, it is good. You know, the lads have to crack. They joke. They rib each other. You know what I mean? They have to, they, you know, we're always slagging each other off. And it's a really, really good vibe. And there's a lot of good lads in that locker room. And I think the future is bright for the company, mate. You know what I mean? There's a lot of talent as well. I feel the guys coming in now and the girls um are super talented i mean look at nikki cross man like her winning uh, the women's title nobody deserves that more than her man she's been up she's been down she's done a lot she's an unbelievable person like super nice super genuine and she works her arse off she's got herself in amazing shape and, and you know she's embraced herself in this character which is her idea she's thinking outside the box she thinks i'm watching to do and here she there she is she's uh raw women's champion yeah your guys' stories so, you actually know, kind of are similar in a way to me, like, because I, I interviewed her, she was on my show last week, and we talked about, you know, her kind of betting on herself, but also her her character, like, and developing a character. And I feel like in, in that mind where she was saying the same things of like, wrestling's only gonna take you so far, you have to also have a character, yeah. you know? And so um, I, I, I can see the similarities there between you guys. Now, I'm, I'm gone over a little bit here, I have two, things left one i want to don't worry about it don't worry don't worry about it one i want to say i love that you say shite so casually that you've been able to get it across on tv now that that like gob shites so many gob shites you know is adding the gob what makes it okay for censors like because i was surprised that you've been able to get it through oh no it's it's a very normal irish word like it's not i don't like i was called a gob shite when i was 12 years old in the first year of uh, secondary school because I was wrecking me my uh, English teacher's head. Tell me, they go, Stefania, gobshite, stop leading messing and pay attention. So, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, to me, it's just, it's part of Irish culture. Okay. Very, very much part of Irish culture. All right. So, um, well, so yeah, I, listen, I, I said, like, I, I, look, I just, as I said, when I'm out there now, the chains are off, man. You know what I mean? The shackles are off. I'm in there, like, I'm, I'm just saying what I want to say. I'm being me. Um, I'm a, so I'm inner city, inner city lad from Dublin. I've grown around with amazing. I've got, been friends with these absolute headbanger characters in real life, uh, including my dad, who's a bleeding. He's 
one of the most entertaining people. You sit down and Ray's dad as well. Big, uh, big Jimmy Senior. He'll have you in stitches, you know. Um, big shout out right on while I'm on here now to Devitt's Pub in Dublin. If you want a good pub in Dublin, go to Devitt's because that's where we've been for the last week while I was in Dublin. <laughs> um, but uh, not, not Fergal, De- not Fergal Devitt's Pub or Family Pub, or maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it's Cape Haven and so. But uh, great, great Guinness, great Guinness there. If you want a good point of Guinness, Devitt's is the best. But you know, like I'm all constantly around these unbelievable characters. I've grown up with these characters, um, and uh, you know. What that's coming out is just just me, just me being me, man. Just me letting loose and bringing all that, all that stuff back out. And uh, as I said, I'm having the most fun I've ever had. I really, I I, I can't wait till the next the next Monday to go back to work. I can't wait to see what's what's on the table. Who I'm in there with next. Um, Dame, maybe it's Damo Priest. Maybe it's Riddle. You know, maybe it's Ricochet. I don't know. They're all class. Um, but whoever it is, I'm telling you right now, they're in for the fight our lives. I love it. Three questions to close here. I like to end each interview talking to my guest about their finishing move. For you, it's obviously the bro kick. So first, who's your favorite person to hit with the bro kick and why? Ziggler. Ziggler takes the bro kick better than anybody. Ziggler is just like, he's like a bleeding rubber band, man. He's unbelievable. I... I one of the, some of the most fun matches ever I've had is working working uh, Ziggy. He's he's great. Um, that actually broke there though, and Wade was fantastic too. <laughs> his face just crumpled up. That was a good one too. But I've hit Ziggy. Ziggy will always complain I've hit him with too many brokes, and he's probably right. But uh, you know, Ziggler makes anyone's finisher look unbelievable. He's he's incredible in the ring. Is there one time you hit the bro kick that you wish you could take back for any reason? No, no, <laughs> no. Okay. Absolutely not. The more bro- the more brogues, the better. And what's the most memorable time that you hit the bro kick? I have to be. Um, it would have to be in Roman after he won the the, the the night I cashed in on him in Atlanta. Was that 2015? I think it was. Uh, I believe so. Yes. 2015. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. Yeah. Love it. All right, well, the thank- second one, not the first one, the, se- the second one. Well, thank you so much for doing this today. I, I genuinely appreciate the time, and I, I felt like, you know, you said you didn't want to get too deep at one point, but I actually enjoyed hearing you get deep. I think that those kind of things help people, and so I really appreciate you kind of talking about your journey here. I, I, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, Ryan, listen, it's been great to be on. Um, I, you know, I, I'm honest about a lot of things, you know. I've done so many interviews over the years. Sometimes it feels like I'm just repeating myself. So I try and make sure that every interview is a little bit different, especially when you're talking to the, you know, the, the cookie cutter. Well, who is your dream opponent? Uh, what's your favorite WrestleMania moment? It's just like, oh, my God, I'm living, I'm living a nightmare, Roy. I'm living a nightmare. <laughs> I used to have to read all those interviews when I had my own website, and that's honestly why I try so hard. I was up to like 1.30 last night trying to make sure that I wasn't giving you questions like that. So I, 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 I'm, I hope that you didn't feel that way here because like I – Good, good, because I really try hard to make sure that you don't have the same interview that you've had everywhere else. And I feel like no one's talking to you about SOS.com or whatever it was. So I feel like that was a no, good one. No, def- that's definitely – that was definitely left field. Um, and, you know, it's like, it's the same thing. It's like pulling teeth, you know what I mean? When someone new comes up, definitely it's, it's interesting to find out what they are. But when you get the same stuff over and over again, like, I don't know. Every time I, every time I talk to Drew Lee McIntyre, he's like, 
I got media, hey, I got media. I said, media? How have you got so much media? What are you talking about? You're not that interested. <laughs> like, I mean, how, inter- how interesting are you, Drew? Like, how many different, like, how many different stories do you have to tell all these media outlets? You know it's, what I mean? I'm uh, like, yeah, I, I hope you're putting, I hope you're putting, I hope you're putting, I hope you're putting subtitles in there, Drew, because I guarantee you no one knows what you're saying. Because I know you've lived 20 years. I don't know what you're saying. You know what I mean? I had him so, on the show, and uh, for that reason, I was up even later than I was for you because I was like, man, I got to find something different to talk to Drew McIntyre about, and he's done 500,000 interviews. So, so yeah. At I, least, right? At yeah. least, at least, at least 500,000. I'm like, every time I talk to him, I text him, listen, here, what's going on, blah, 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 right? I uh, did an interview, five hours of interviews. I'm like, five hours of what? What are you talking about? Like, you know, you've got two cats, your wife, Caitlin. You know what I mean? Uh, you, 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 you know, you had the dream thing where you got released, but you came back and you proved everyone wrong. And, you, you know, I mean, still be champion. We all respect you for that. But what else are you talking about? Like, I don't know. Well, I, I, I hope that I was able to, I, I talked to, I chose Ricky Steamboat. I felt like that was what people hadn't talked to him about. He had like this series of matches on live events with Ricky Steamboat. And I didn't know that. I wrestled Ricky Steamboat. I, you I did. Wrestled Ricky you Steamboat were one of the people in that time in as Pens- well. In Pensacola. Yep. Pensacola, Florida. I get there. I wrestled, I wrestled fifth in the on live events. Jimmy Wang, um, uh, Jimmy Wang, Jamie Noble, uh, Brian, um, oh, what's wrong with me? Why am I losing this? You're right you there. You know Brian. He was the, you know who I'm Brian talking Myers? about. Brian um, Myers? No, not Brian Myers. No, he, he, he was, um, he was, he trained with Daniel Bryan as well. I'm going, I'm going blank here, mate. Just, I need some more coffee. Uh, you had uh, Ezekiel Jackson as bodyguard. Oh, Remember? um, Um, He's a good friend of mine. I can't even his last name. I'm I'm brutal. Hold on. Um, on. You know, but uh, Steamboat was great. Brian Kendrick, Uh, that's what you're talking about. Brian Kendrick. Hang on. Jesus. How (laughs) did I forget that? I love Brian. By the way, Brian Kendrick is one of the most nice people ever. He's great. You get a Brian, you get a hug off, you get a hug off Brian Kendrick when you see him and and you're like, you're set for the day. (laughs) I wrestled uh, Hurricane Helms as well. Uh, this is all in the beginning, now. Helms wrestled him as well. Uh, Fifth in the obviously, and of course, I had like a 35, 40 minute match with Steamboat. So uh, the, the show ran over that night, um, <laughs> but uh, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable getting to wrestle Ricky. Ricky was fantastic. It was, it just, it just, it was, it was an unbelievable experience. And Drew got to wrestle him every night, which is crazy. Yeah, it's it, uh, that's why I was so surprised when I saw that because I remember like when he wrestled against Jericho and stuff, but. When I saw that, like, he did a bunch of live events where he wrestled you and Drew, too, I was like, man, that's so cool that he did that. And those are, like, his final matches. So you're, like, one of his last matches. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, unbelievable. Like, I remember watching. We were all at FCW. We were at, like, a wing stop or something or some sort of wing place. And we were watching um, we were watching WrestleMania 25 when he did the whole thing with, uh, with Jericho. Um, we were, like, blown away how, how good he was after all those years. And then, like, you know, then me and Drew got called up shortly after Mania um, to go on the road for live events. And that's when we got to wrestle Ricky. I did the I did the Raw uh, house shows and Drew was doing the SmackDown. And then I somehow I got switched to SmackDown for one loop. Uh, Ricky was there and we wrestled on sa- Saturday in Pensacola, Florida. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, my, that's actually where I met the Uso twins for the first time. 
think they came in the first time maybe or they're there. Yeah, I think I might have met the Usos for the first time there I love in before your came to FCW. I love in your career you can say that you wrestled in ECW and you also wrestled Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> yeah, it, it's they're blessed, man. Absolutely blessed. God, it's unbelievable, mate. And there I was in the beginning running around with an axe and face paint and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? In the beginning. And now I'm there wearing a, a shady jacket with a hat and, and a dodgy mask to, to, to say before poor, be poor nose, you know, before Shrone. I'm getting hurt, you know how, what I mean? Is, is it almost? So how, how, long, how long do you have to wear the mask for? I don't know. It's still not. It hasn't really healed right either. Um, and Humberto kicked me right in the face as well, and the mask moved. So I don't know how much damage I've done to it for. It's a little sensitive today. Uh, uh, my, uh, my mystery, my mystery unit, my modeling days might be over, Ryan. You know what I mean? <laughs> male, male modeling days. Well, luck, luckily you cleaned up in the, in the wife department already, so you're, you're good. Yeah, I'm good with that, man. Yeah, good. <laughs> so that's that's boxed off there, you know. Little tick, you know, the, the to do list. <laughs> All so, right. Yeah. Well, I'll male let you get model. out of here because I think Mark. Uh, the PR people are probably going to be mad that I've kept you this long. Anyways, my team's going to get mad, but I loved chatting with you, really. I genuinely enjoyed this conversation. Um, I, and I, hopefully we see each other I at hate, SummerSlam. I hate, I, 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 I hate it every minute of it, Ryan. Well, I take it back. Lie. Hopefully it we don't see each other at SummerSlam then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, dude. Appreciate it. Cheers, fella. Have a great one, dude. You too, Thanks dude. Again. Peace. That was the United right. States champion, Sheamus. Such a fun conversation. Go check out that website. I guarantee you'll be impressed at how much work he and his team put into it back then. All right. Go subscribe to Out of Character on all the podcast platforms. Well, you don't have to do it on all of them, but just do it on the one that you listen to podcasts on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Make sure you subscribe on there. And please, if they let you do a review or a rating, please do that as well. It does help other people find this show as well also make sure you follow wwe on fox on all social media as well instagram twitter facebook if you're using that go follow wwe on fox and also subscribe to our youtube channel it's wwe on fox on youtube you can find the video version of this show and a bunch more wwe clips throughout the week okay that's it i'm done officially tapping out until next time i'm ryan satin and this is out of character download the all-new fox sports app now 